find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Shelby, host of Addicted to Crime podcast. Join us for deep, chilling dives into the evil nature of criminals, and let's take a closer look at their early life and background to see how they got to the day of the crime. This podcast was created in hopes you pay closer attention to your surroundings and hopefully stay safe. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts or else on the website www.addictedtocrime.org. Happy listening, thanks for your time, and stay safe. Welcome to Cruelty Podcast. This is Lillian, and with me, as always, is Willow. Hello. Hi. Hi. Yeah. So, in the span of 24 hours, I uh, oh yes, yes, had an accident with our computer. Yes. My dog got spooked, knocked it over, and it just wouldn't wouldn't power on. Yep. And I want to thank you all for everyone who helped me. Obviously, we're recording. Yeah. It's back. Yeah. A local computer repairman got it done lickety split, and mm-hmm. we all good. So I want to... Barely an inconvenience. Well, I mean, I did have a nervous breakdown. Oh, yeah, so did I. Yeah. yeah. I had diarrhea about it. Sorry. Oh. Just got upset. Yeah. But... <laughs> Continuing with our House of Horror theme, this one is a little on the nose, and I'll explain as we go on. On the nose? The name, House of Horrors, because that's what it was called. It's a little on the nose, but like I said, I'll explain in a minute. It's not... It's not like our other cases. Okay. Yes. Okay. It's, it's stupid, but I'll, I'll get into it. This is the murder of Julia Rawson. So... This case is really terrible and kind of weird. It's bizarre. Um, An obsession with horror movies leads two men to brutally murder a woman in Dudley, which is in the West Midlands of England. Okay. And I will say this about the UK in general, not really known for their horrific murders. They don't have a lot of them. But when they do... Mm-hmm. Boy, they are a doozy. Mm-hmm. Like the Moore's murders, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get right into it. So Julia Rawson was 42 in 2019. She was a lively, imaginative person with a big personality, described as a big kid with infectious energy. A friend described her as sunshine. Oh. Oh, it's going to hurt your feelings. Oh. She was an artist and musician and market trader. Julia studied art at Stafford Art College. She loved painting and all things artistic and creative. She met her partner, Elaine, at college, and they were very much in love. They had moved to Dudley. Well, see, this is where information gets conflicting. They did not live together at the time that she went missing. Um... Elaine lived in Birmingham, which is one of England's biggest cities, and 
Julia lived in Dudley, but it wasn't very, they weren't far from each other. They had had kind of various rough patches in their relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, they call it quits and then they get back together. But it seemed like they were on the mend kind of for good at this point. So I'm just putting that out there. Yeah. And they, like, things were going really good. And one of the reasons Julia had moved to Dudley was to kind of have a little flea market stall where she sold, like, incense and tarot Aww. cards and other esoteric things. I can understand that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a dream of everyone who lives like, in Eureka. Wait, we, like, we kind of do that. I you, do do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do-do. Um, and it went so well that they ended up opening a little shop together called Phoenix. Oh, I love that. And it was a little witchy, arty shop. It was oh. super cute. I love that. I love her. They were having a beautiful life together. Mm-hmm. Oh, and if you see the pictures of her, she's such a cute person. Mm. But Julia went missing. She vanished. Okay. Yeah. She was reported missing on May 14th, 2019. And it was kind of like the earth had just opened up and swallowed her home. Yeah. In reality, she'd been missing for three days, and despite having an occasional lover's quarrel, Elaine knew that Julia wouldn't leave her without saying anything. Just was not like her. She wouldn't leave all her belongings. They just opened that shop. She was so excited about it. She waited those three agonizing days, just hoping she'd come home. Like, maybe she got mad or something. She got mad, and, like, just wasn't talking to her. But that's not the case. Yeah. Because it was so out of character for Julia to just take off, police began the investigation right away. And I'm going to say, the Dudley police, like, did a good job. They did a great job, actually. Mm. I can't usually say that. Right. They took her disappearance really seriously. Yeah. The last day she was seen was May 11th, which was a Saturday. She'd been out with Elaine all day, um in Wolverton, which is another little town close by. And they've done things like go shopping, have lunch. We're having a good time. But Elaine got tired. She was just like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to go home to Birmingham. So she got on the bus to do that. And Elaine was going to go to Birmingham. I mean, Julia was going to go to Birmingham too, but she was going to go out to some pubs and meet up with some friends. She wasn't ready for the weekend fun to be over. But she got on the wrong bus on accident. And she actually ended up going back home to Dudley. And she was like, ugh, well, I don't want to get back on the bus. Right. Because now it's like twice the distance. I just, you know. Yeah. She's like, I'm just going to go to the pub at home. Yeah. She's like, I'm just going to go have a couple drinks. And she was the type of person that could go out by herself and leave with friends. Oh, absolutely. That's she made friends yeah, every week. Yeah, that's, that's like me. That is very yeah. much like you. <laughs> I, I feel that way, too. I'm like, I'm yeah. never alone. Yeah. Everyone's a friend, you know. This would be the last time that Elaine would ever see Julia. Later that night, texts from Julia stopped at about 11 p.m. Calls went unanswered. The next day, friends began searching for her on their own. They walked all her usual routes. They stopped at her usual haunts to see if anyone had been in touch with her. She was pretty well known in Dudley due to her friendly and outgoing nature, but no one had seen or heard from her at all since Mm. Saturday. So investigators use CCTV to retrace her steps. And let me tell you. I love it when they do that. It's so helpful. It's so cool. Mm -hmm. Um, But CCTV over in the UK is different than it is here. It is fucking in every building, on every street corner. Uh, And we just don't have it like that here. Yeah. It's like the Erickson twins. That's why they were able to be seen so much. 
Yeah. So it makes things harder to get away with. A lot of people think it's like a surveillance state or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm mixed on that. Because it's I so mean, helpful in solving crime. When, when, when the person's best interest is there, then it doesn't fucking matter. You know when what I mean? does that happen, you know? Well, like, sometimes in other sometimes. countries. <laughs> in other countries. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it. I do get annoyed when people like, ooh, Big Brother. It's like, you haven't read 1984. <laughs> Shut up. <Yeah. laughs> and if you have, that was... There's not a hidden camera in your home, okay? That's yeah. that's what it was a camera in your home. Yeah. People and, buy them now. They, they, it's fine. Yeah. You can have your own. You got your phone. Yeah. And if you're worried about surveillance, then go ahead and chuck it in a river. Right. Also your Alexa. I had to put a cover over my, my computer screen camera because it the light kept coming on as if it was like getting turned Probably on. Probably a software issue. Probably, but it still creeped me out. Didn't like it. So it's I covered it. Put some tinfoil on stuff. Yeah. So Julia, like I said, she, she took the wrong bus and she ended up going to a pub called the Bottle and Cork. And she has seen on CCTV both going into the pub mm-hmm. and inside the pub. She just has a couple of drinks alone for a bit, and then she starts kind of chatting up other patrons, especially people sitting alone and, and women. That's what I used to do. I don't drink anymore, but yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was at 11 p.m. She walked up to a man who was sitting alone, and she started chatting him up. You could tell she's being super friendly. She'd been walking around talking to other people, but she lingered on him the longest. And I think it's just she felt sad that he was alone. Yeah. Yeah. She had no idea who she was talking to. She was talking to a monster. Oh, no. A little after 2 a.m., CCTV captures Julia and this unknown man getting into a taxi together, and this would be the last time she is ever seen alive. Stills of the man captured on CCTV were shared on social media, with police hoping someone would recognize him. His face was largely obscured by a light fixture in the CCTV from the pub, but they had a good profile shot and they had good clear shots of his arms, which had very distinctive tattoos. However, despite sharing it on social media and showing the still images of this man to Julia's friends and coworkers, no one knew who he was and this didn't generate any leads. The police considered him a person of interest in her disappearance, obviously. Yeah, they just didn't know who he was. So they hit the streets of mm-hmm. Dudley, and they were just fucking asking everybody. And they started in town center, which is the center of town, yeah. which was where the Bottle and Cork pub was. And it took them a minute, and it wasn't until May 22nd, where she, when she'd been missing for 11 days, which is, of course, really concerning, yeah. um, that a security guard there was like, oh, yeah, I know this guy. He's right over there. Motherfucker was across the street. He was literally just standing there? He'd been out shopping. Oh, that guy? He's right there. And they were like, what? Holy shit. Mm-hmm. It's like when Ramirez got caught. It, it reminded yeah, me of that, yeah. sure. The man was Nathan Maynard Ellis, and he was with his boyfriend, David Leasley. Nathan was a disturbed man. He was into some dark, sick shit. He was into cannibalism, necrophilia, horror movies, torture, you know. All of the gross stuff. All the gross stuff. He was obsessed with slasher horror movies, and he was gay, as as was Julia. And so I can see 
like, because a lot of people want to say that they were leaving in a romantic capacity. Mm-mm. And I, I don't believe no. that at all. Investigators piece together that the bottle and cork stopped serving drinks around 1 a.m. Julia and Nathan weren't ready to go home yet. It was ro- not a romantic connection. She was just having a good time chatting with a new friend. Mm-hmm. Nathan lured her to his apartment with the promise of more drinks and conversation. Not ready for her fun to end, she agreed to go back to his place, likely put at ease that he was gay. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. That's why she probably went home with him. Oh, she was like, oh, me too. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And y'all, if you're not a part of the LGBTQIA or the gay community in general, y'all, it's a club. Or or an AFAB that loves gay men. You know what I mean? That, yeah. like, <laughs> understands how comfortable that they can feel around. They sure can. They don't yeah. seem dangerous. Mm-hmm. And, you know... <laughs> Not only that, when you meet a fellow queer, you're like, oh, yes. we are buddies. We're, we are we're on the same team. We're, we're yeah. family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, they even play that song like on drag nights, like, we are family. And you're like, yes, we are. Yes, we are. So, because, yeah. 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 We all mm-hmm. share in the same sort of struggle. Fought against social reform yeah. and all this stuff. Absolutely. We've all faced the same kind of harassment and mm-hmm. discrimination. So Absolutely. you feel safe with these people. And this is a camaraderie, like before Absolutely. even really understanding them yet. You don't even need to you know don't even need to know, you know them. them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's when I worked in gay clubs and stuff. It was definitely like yeah. that. And this story made me stop and think how many times I put my dumb ass in danger. Oh, that's that's exactly what I was thinking the entire time you were telling the story because this sounds like a normal night to me. All what of it sounds shit. normal. This is totally the first night yeah. I met you. Yeah, I went to someone's house I didn't know. Yes, he's an angel baby. Yes, but exactly I trusted him. But yeah, because he's a part of the LGBTQ. Yes. So, I wasn't intimidated, scared, or cautious. I'm just like, exactly. Mm-hmm. 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 And I've done that a million times. A million. Yeah. And we'll talk more about that in a bit. I think her mind changed pretty quick when she got to that apartment. She brought the, the door shut behind her and she realized, I'm sure. And this is going to be rough. And I, I, when I say this, I don't want y'all to jump to conclusions on what my opinion is. So you just wait right. a second. The apartment was filled floor to ceiling with horror memorabilia and various reptiles. Various reptiles? Yeah, reptiles and cages and stuff everywhere. Like snakes and lizards and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like have yeah. stacks of like stacks of them. Of aquariums. Yeah. Stuffed animals and dolls were nailed to the walls. Shelves of horror books and horror masks. And I want to point out right now that you're not weird or sick in any way if you like horror movies. Okay? I do. I have dead things all over my house, y'all. I'm into insect taxidermy. I have, I have a, I used to have a snake and I have a tarantula and I have all kinds of dead things in my freezer that I'm going to mummify and. I have a freezer dedicated to dead insects. Yes, yes. That we're going to make into jewelry. It is full of dead bugs. Yeah. And on my mantle. Mm-hmm. Isn't like some kitlo candles or anything. No. It's a ram skull yeah. that my grandfather gave me. Yeah. So I've got dead things everywhere. Clearly, I'm cool. And we're not gonna kill anybody. I, mean, I don't want to kill any of this mess. It's not a red flag unless it's unless it's flag. bundled with a bunch of other red flags. Oh, it is. <laughs> but we'll get to that. I'm not a dark person, other than I find that sort of stuff beautiful in its own mm-hmm. way. So I just, it doesn't make you a monster, y'all. If you're having a fun chat with someone you just met and they take you back to their apartment and it's just floor to ceiling and blood and gore media, I too would be unsettled. Right. 
Because I'm like, okay, well, that's a lot. <laughs> if it's over the top and it's, it's like over the bloody top. and gory. It's one thing if it's and like he, movie posters and like no, cardboard I mean, cutouts some, and stuff like some, that. It's clear he's collecting this. It's a special interest. Yeah. But there's a level where it goes from nerd, like movie nerd, to like obsessive. obsessive I got to do the things that I'm seeing. Yeah, it's kind of the line it yeah, was on. And yeah. also, his, his shelves are just lined with books on necrophilia, cannibalism, ritual sacrifice. Yeah. I mean, it, to the exclusion of everything else, there isn't even like some bad poetry up there. It's just all that. It's just all of it. And so, I mean, we can only speculate, but I'm sure she was, she was alarmed. Yeah. At the very least unsettled. And like right in plain view, there are DVDs with necrophilia and beheading and cannibalism. Oh, that's terrifying. Mm hmm. I just think she's it's just all this on ray purpose. of sunshine. And look, she's she was around she's around my age. Not that, you know. And I just wonder, like I'm sure she's been around goths and like horror aficionados. There, but you know when it's But you know when it's, when it's fucking off. I've mm-hmm. been to a couple people's houses mm-hmm. where I was like, Alright, well I'll be seeing Leander mm-hmm. happy Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, Absolutely. I think and I will I'll have pictures of course up on Patreon right. and Instagram. It's much. Right. It's the dolls nailed to the wall. Mm. I'm just, and they're like covered in fake blood, and it's like, it's the necrophilia for me, honestly. That does ruin it. Yeah, yeah. Don't want to be your friend if you're into that. I just, I will yuck your yum. I will kink shame. Yeah, it's icky. No, thank you. It's just not okay. It's not okay. Julia was heavily intoxicated when she arrived at the flat, and Nathan wasn't. Oh. He'd really not had any drinks. He's just letting her drink while they're at the pub. You can see it on the CCTV. Oh, he was just sitting there? He was just fucking He was, like, shopping? He was shopping. (gasps) Oh, it's so so terrifying. This was Oh, that's terrifying. While Nathan likely told her he was gay, it's unlikely he told her another man, his boyfriend David, was also in the apartment. It wasn't long after she arrived that both men attacked her. Oh, my God. She was brutally beaten to death with a rolling pin. And y'all, that's... I just can't imagine. A rolling pin? A, ro- a wooden rolling pin. Oh. Just disgusting. <sighs> okay. <laughs> it was meant to can be I, Can I just... Okay, so blunt force trauma, like death from blunt force trauma, mm-hmm. has, like... If it's going to end quickly, it has to be something very heavy and, you know what I mean? It wasn't meant to end quickly. No, that's what I mean. Like, she endured a lot. Like, yeah, because a a rolling pin is wooden. Like, it's going to hurt, but it's not going to do enough damage quickly. No. Like a ball peen hammer or something like that. Her skull was crushed. This was many hits. Yes. Many, many, many over a long period of time. Yes. After the attack, her body was dismembered with a saw into 12 different pieces. One of her kidneys was removed and never found. The men never confessed to doing anything with it, but I'm sure given Nathan's proclivities, we can take a guess. It's believed he ate it. What, what is, is there any benefits with eating the kidney? No. It sounds really gross. It sounds like the last one you would want to eat, right? I just think he wanted to do something cannibalistic. Why'd you, why'd you pick that? I don't know why they pick any of But the you know what I mean? Because, like, the kidneys is the filter. I mean, this is the UK. They have, like, 
like they use organ meats and like a oh, lot I forget. Of their I forget y'all's cooking is weird. No Sorry. offense. No offense. Look, here's I have a lot I of friends over there. We got a lot of listeners. Uh, and I got UK. a lot of friends over there too. I'm just saying. I'm and Arkansas. I did tease y'all. I do. Okay, that's fair. You guys have good senses of humor. I love British sense of humor. But you should see my foods coloring. But <laughs> y'all went ahead and colonized the world, and then didn't use none of them spices. The whole spice so trade was right there, right there, and you didn't use anything but pepper. So yeah, so I don't really understand like the blood soup, the liver stuff, mm-hmm. all of that. That mm-hmm. that's part of like their culture. I mean, I just throw that shit away. Frankly. Yeah, th- yeah, those are the the discards. That's the stuff that you don't you use it to the like. Awful. T- well, you use it to like tan things, right? And like yeah, the organs, the organs, brain, the brain. That's yes. what it is. Mm-hmm. Certain acid is in there. Yeah. No, but I invite any of our listeners from you know merry old England to come to my house. I'm gonna sit you down. Oh, and she's top notch, top notch. I'm going to put on that chicken frying dress, okay? Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to make you some fried oh, chicken, fried macaroni chicken. and cheese, fried okra. Chicken. Fried chicken. Girl. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I'm assuming. Kidney, though, that's, that's the part that gets me. It's like, she just drank a bunch. Why are you eating her kidney? We're not dealing with a full deck with these dudes. I just, that would be the, I would eat the heart. I mean, I wouldn't eat people. That's a tough muscle. Oh, yeah. Huh? Mm-hmm. Kidneys are at least not going to be tough if you cook them right. Ew, I just don't eat organs. All right, we've spent I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just feel like there's something to that. I don't know why. They let her dead, dismembered body rot in their apartment for two days. Oh. While they went and burned her clothes and her Did they just leave it there? They cut it up and just left it there? They put it in plastic bags and just let it sit. They didn't even refrigerate it? No. And y'all, let me tell you something. You may think, oh, it's not that long. Within three hours after death, the body begins to decay and stink. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. Real bad. It don't matter if it's in a plastic bag. There's no container you can put it in Mm -mm. that's going to make that stink go away. Mm -mm. It's like a wet, filmy stink. I've had the misfortune of... Being in several apartments or houses directly after a dead person has been removed. My mother was dead in her apartment for three days. And I went there about like two weeks later to clean it out. And that smell could have knocked you down. Only three days. And it was air conditioned and everything. Right. It smells like if you took a bucket of rotten fish, throw in some rotten eggs, a bad potato, and covered the whole thing in maple syrup. It's weird. It has a sickly sweet. It doesn't have, it has like a filmy, like greasy, almost like it's oily. It's a physical fucking smell. Yeah, like it, it feels like it gets on things. It does. It seeps into your clothes mm-hmm. and your hair. You'll smell it for days later, even after you've washed. Mm-hmm. And you know, I can't imagine just living with it. <sighs> My next case, girl. Mm-mm. Yeah, I know it. So, they... They took her body parts, right. and there's CCTV of them fucking doing this. They're not the smartest, like, cookie in the jar. Okay. On May 16th, five days after her murder, and they put them all around. Like, it took them between two days of her being in there till the 16th to get rid of all of her. What did, what, what did they do with it? They put her body in the canal. In the canal? Yeah, there's a little canal. Right. Not smart, just in there. And then they went and dumped the couch and cut up a piece of carpet. Of course, blood was everywhere. And they just dumped them, like, at a random dump site. 
fucking dumbasses. Seriously, like they didn't. For all the premeditation, I am certain went into this. Right. It's like, it's almost like as like an ADHD artist, whenever you get like all excited about like an art project and you like get all your new stuff and you do it, you do like the first part of it. And then towards the end, you just, you give up and you don't want to finish I the project. I think what happens it's is. Like, he, they got so high off of the act yes. that afterwards the adrenaline all fizzled out and they didn't about fucking the, care. The they didn't care. process. I think. They just didn't, didn't care. Well, it reminds me of a, of a case that happened recently is um, women who lure pregnant women and steal oh, their babies. God, yes. So scary. And then end up having to go to the ER because you just took a preterm baby out of someone with no medical training. Mm-hmm. And then think that what your vagina and cervix and uterus just snap right back on into place. They are going to examine you and they can tell you have not given birth. So again, it's all about the build up to the act and it's not really about the consequences. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And of course, I do think we're dealing with some diminished capacity in all of these cases. Right. It's the ones where they plan really well and very coldly. Israel Keys is a really good example of that. Oh my goodness. He makes me <laughs> He makes me upset. I pretty much probably won't cover that. I mean, I might, but I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I really hate him. Anyway, they, the carpet and the couch were recovered. Did they get anything out of the canal? Oh, they, they retrieved Okay, okay. Eventually. It took a while. Gosh. What I think is insane is the next day after he's murdered this woman, Nathan goes back to that same pub, just hangs out. I think he was looking again. Well, that and he wants to keep up appearances. Like, that too. Like, that's just a normal every day. It's fine. Hmm. Mm-hmm. If I'd killed someone, I wouldn't come back. I always sit here. What are you talking about? We're revisiting the scene because it gets yes. a thrill out of that too. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give you tips on how to get away with murder, but don't do that. It's dumb. It's just weird too. He was arrested on the spot in the street, and okay. there is video of this, and you can just tell the precise moment he shits his pants. You know what I'm saying? I was about to say, like, oh, it did, does he? Not literally. Uh, but like he's wearing khaki, and there's a camera. He's just standing but, yeah, there, he has and, those, and like, moment. we're looking for a missing woman, and you really matched the guy on the CCTV last scene with her. And he's like, I don't know her. What? Yeah. Huh? What was her name? Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck off. The whole thing, Nathan. Yeah, yeah. You're not even good at lying. Yeah. So Nathan and David pled not guilty, but a year later he confessed to the murder. He claimed that while he did murder her, it was because she was basically sexually harassing him. So when they Ew. got back to his place, she was coming on to him and like rubbing she on wasn't. him. And because he's gay, he reacted in anger and beat her to death. Oh, so he's going to play like the, the gay panic card, but backwards. But backwards, yeah. yeah. And I'm sorry. No. It's just disgusting. Yeah. It's not believable. I just, I don't, I don't know. He also said he was hearing voices that told him to murder her and chop up her body. I don't believe that either. Investigators believe that he, with a previous history of controlling and disturbing behavior, had gone out that night to a pub he'd never been to before with the sole intention of finding a victim to lure to his apartment to kill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That it was planned and premeditated, and I absolutely agree. And that's why he wasn't really drinking and wanted to remain sober. And mm-hmm. poor Julia just got drunker and drunker. He wanted to take advantage over her, mm-hmm. wanted that advantage, and to use her lapse in judgment against her. Was when yep. you drink and you judge me at the best. Yep. 
And when you're sober, you can blame anything on that drunk person. But y'all, she should have been able to get hammered if she wanted to at a pub and go to a new friend's house without fear of being brutalized this way. Mm -hmm. Julia, a warm and friendly human being, did absolutely nothing wrong. In researching this case, I see a lot of people blaming her for going home with a stranger, even going so far as to question her sexuality. We ain't doing that here. No. She didn't do anything wrong. And y'all, even if she went to his house and got flirty with him, she didn't deserve to be beaten to death with a wooden rolling pin. I think that should go without fucking saying. And I'm so, listen, it was true crime podcast mm -hmm. and I'm not going to name them, but that's where I heard that shit. Y'all do better. Because next time I will name names, I'm sick of this shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of it. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Being so in love with the true crime community originally, I'm having a lot of issues. I'm having some issues. A lot of issues here lately. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. Ethics and morals and stuff, you know? We're going to talk about that in a minute. But the blame falls entirely on the sick fuck who did this to her. Right. A woman later came forward after his arrest, and she is known only as CW. Her name is not public. And this is before he'd come out as gay. They'd been in a relationship, and she affirmed his obsession with the macabre. She said he'd go out on walks wearing a black hood, carrying a long knife and a rope, with the intention of running into someone he could murder. He basically held her captive. He'd sexually assaulted her multiple times at gunpoint and threatened to kill her. She managed to get away, and shortly after, he came out as homosexual. Nathan had also been diagnosed with autism and depressive disorder, and his defense would use this as a way to say there was diminished capacity there. I'm going to immediately call bullshit. Yeah. And I am so tired yeah. of autism being used as a blanket for like, oh, you're a school shooter or whatever else mm -hmm. fucking dumb fuckery comes out of people's mm -hmm. mouths. I'm surrounded by autistic people in my yep. house. Yep. They are the least violent people I've ever met in my life. There's more to it than that. Right. I'll get into it in a second. Right. But I, it's just, it's just dumb. I don't like it. In October 2020, Nathan's trial began. The trial lasted only a month, and both Nathan and David were found guilty of murder and sentenced to life, with Nathan getting a minimum of 30 years and David getting a minimum of 19. But I doubt they'll ever see the light of day again as free men. He was also, Nathan was convicted on rape charges in the allegations made against him by the woman named C.W. Thank good. God. Good. It's so hard to get a charge like that after the fact. It really it's is. It's nearly impossible, especially in this country, I especially think in the state. Some, I didn't follow the trial entirely. I couldn't find the mm -hmm. minutes or anything. It's another country. Maybe my research is just not, I'm not able to figure it out because I'm stupid. But um, I think she had some incriminating texts or something okay, good. of that nature. Yeah. So Nathan had a lifelong obsession with true crime, murder, slasher movies, and serial killers. I don't think his apartment was a true house of horrors in the way we're portraying cases this month. In fact, I think it's a little silly to call it a house of horrors just because it had horror stuff in it. Right, but the media did. The media did. And, 
you know, as as a goth person, I got really harassed when I was younger after right. the Columbine shootings because I was right. goth when that happened. Right. I got anybody that let that wore like the big white leg jeans and oh, you yeah. know chains on their on their yeah ravers yeah. and goth and people who like new metal and all yeah. that stuff. Mm-hmm. I got interviewed by the news, y'all, and they're like, "Are do you feel violent?" I'm like, "Well, I didn't do you, just this minute." Do you feel violent? <laughs> I kind of want to shove that microphone up your butt. Is that violent? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> no. <laughs> Never. Yeah. Ugh. So, I mean, when I crochet, sometimes it tangles up my little man. That's about it. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously me and Willow like true crime. Right. And right. all like true crime. We're not going to kill nobody. That's silly. Right. So I just want... To reiterate, though, this was called a House of Horrors, and if you look up her murder, House of Horrors will come up, or Apartment of Horrors, whatever. Yep. But just because he liked those things, that's not what drove him to kill this innocent woman. Right. There's some wires loose. I'm sure he had a horrific childhood. I couldn't find any information on it. His right. parents stayed completely out of the media, and that was not used in his defense. Mm-hmm. But something had to twist this guy some way because this is bigger than yeah we're anybody gonna, can know. Oh, okay. Sorry. It's fine to like this stuff. It's fine to have special interests, but there is a line, and I think it's important to have that discussion. Right. Your interest in something can't trump the wishes and feelings of the victims and families of victims who suffered or were killed. If you're into true crime to the degree you have serial killer merch and dress your kid like Jeffrey Dahmer, that's the fucking line I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Stop. Mm -hmm. I need you to sit there and I need you to examine and think. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. A lot of time it's ignorance. You don't know no better. Mm-hmm. Look, every single one of us listen to true crime or consume true crime media for a reason. Right. But the ultimate reason lying under every single one of us is it tickles the limbic system and we are entertained. But in that entertainment, we got to find the message and we got to rise above our animal brain. And give reason to it. And give there's, reason. there's a reason why our part, the, there is a part of our brain that is tickled by this information. And it's because we always have to be ready and prepared for any yes, situation. That's exactly why. As a matter yes. Of yes. Our brain is literally taking all of these situations that we learn about mm-hmm. and allowing ourselves to be prepared and learn vicariously. Exactly. That's what we're doing. That's exactly what we're doing. And these mm-hmm. all become sort of cautionary tales. Right. But, but what we're doing not that, doing is making mascots. We're not making mascots and we're not victim blaming. We're not no. going to use people like Julia as cautionary tales yeah. because we're not animals and we're not children and we can rise above those things and have empathy. And your empathy can't end at the victim. It must extend to the perpetrator as well because they got there some fucking how. And what do I see as the reason we're getting there? Poverty, child abuse, mental illness, and addiction. Mm -hmm. Y'all, sometimes people tell me I can't be political on this podcast because it's annoying or whatever. I'm not being political. Y'all don't even know my political beliefs. You can guess because I talk about it. However, I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. That is wings on the same fucking corrupt demon bird that doesn't give a shit about a single fucking one of us. The system is broken. Cancel their vote, but it's because we live in Arkansas. We gotta, we gotta protect. We vote for the lesser evil because that's what we gotta do. Or to cancel out. Yeah. So 
So when people tell me not to get political, what they really mean is don't make me uncomfortable. Yeah. But I'm talking politics is not human rights, equality, and fucking justice. Yes. That's not politics. And if the talking heads are trying to make you believe that treating your fellow human being with dignity and respect, regardless of gender, race, gender presentation, their body, any of that stuff, Mm -hmm. then they are lying to you and they are pitting us against each other so that we can continue to be a cog in their fucking machine that just makes money. So, I know I'm not political. Mm. I'm about people. And I have a lot of feelings and I care and I feel like if I have any kind of platform it's my responsibility to say something yeah the end and these are objective this isn't these aren't opinions (laughs) I don't think it's an opinion that that everybody deserves you know equal rights equal rights and health care and housing and food and love and appreciation I just I just don't think that even says some stupid bible I don't don't even I don't know that book anyway I'm not into it, but you know, I better not go down that road. But still. But still. If, if And how overwhelming is it to each and every one of us, regardless of which political spectrum you fall on, our world is in serious tr- trouble. Mm-hmm. Society is falling apart. Mm-hmm. We're divided and we hate each other. Mm-hmm. So what do we do? The little good. The little good. You do that little well, good. What you can. You take whatever hate is inside you and you smother it and you do a little good. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that means tolerate your racist uncle at Thanksgiving. Tell him to go fuck himself. Yeah. No. I'm talking about, hey, gay people make me uncomfortable. But maybe that's my problem. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you should figure out why. My religion says that I can't like lesbians. Maybe you keep that to yourself. You're not God, and that ain't your job. Tend to your own, and do the little good every chance you get. Trust me, nothing feels better. Speaking of the little good, I want to take a moment to... So everyone helped me got, get my computer fixed. It wasn't as much money as I thought it was going to be. Thankfully, that was a chunk. But I took some of that money and helped someone else. And I'm going to encourage you, if you can, to help this person. A friend of mine is facing homelessness, and they are very. their partner was injured at work and wasn't able to work for a year. And the type of situation they're in and person they are, homelessness would kind of just be a living hell for this person. And I, uh, nobody should be homeless. Right. So regardless of what you believe in, if you can, and it's not a hardship to you. Right. Don't donate. It's a hardship. Don't do that shit. Yeah. Throw some money at this person. Let's 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 make the holidays not a scary nightmare of crying for this person. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I will share the link in the description. And if you can't donate, that's okay. Don't feel bad. Mm-hmm. Shit. You know, I couldn't until I had a little leftover, and I thought you guys wouldn't mind if the leftover money that you helped me with, I helped somebody else with. Right. I'll probably end up donating more, too. Mm-hmm. I was just holding on because I'm still not convinced the computer's okay. I'm just scared. Right. Right? Right. But, you know, as soon as it proves that it's not going to explode, I'm going to shoot them some more dollars. Right. Um... But yeah, share it. That's free. You can yeah. share it on your social media. Yeah. Let's make sure they're not homeless. 
being homeless around the, I mean, being homeless in general sucks so much, but around the holiday season when it's in your oh. face and you're inundated with all of this like holiday cheer and family oh, time. Holidays. Yeah. And you're like, great. I'm freezing. There's all these lights and, and all that yummy food and, and the homeless cold. shelters. That's a nightmare around that time of year. Y'all Don't even get me started. Yeah. So I'm, I think that I think there's enough of you guys out there that we could help this person. And I would, it would mean a lot to me and I would appreciate it. Um, so we're going to do, and then that's the tea, not necessarily based off this episode, but sort of based off the theme in that home should be your safe space. It should never be a house of horrors and kind of like how to navigate like the holiday season when you don't have a safe home. Right. And when it's a scary place where you're not accepted. Right. And, uh, I just kind of want to talk about that and some general, just themes that keep getting brought up over and over with each one of these cases. Absolutely. Which is mental health, addiction, and domestic violence. Mm -hmm. And how those things actually increase around the holiday season. Oh, they magnify. Yeah. So I don't want to go too far off the track of this episode talking about that. But... If you want to continue this conversation, yeah. head on over to our Patreon. The link is in the description under support this podcast. Mm-hmm. That is our dollar tier. It gives you access to all the case photos there, a lot of which we don't post on social media because they are graphic in nature. Right. In addition, autopsy reports when they're available, case notes, uh, discussion, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Just a dollar. Pretty cool. Um, if you want to talk like... In person about it head over to our discord which will never ever be behind a paywall and we'd love to have you guys over there it is a safe space yes we like seeing your lovely faces yes. and your art and your pets and your kids it is so cool and you can suggest cases to us discuss the cases we've just covered give us a silly meme because we could use one oh. this shit's rough sometimes it's like the medicine you need is just something really stupid <laughs> yes <laughs> i just want to consume some stupid media after this hurt my feelings yeah yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But other than that, that's it for today's episode. Um, ooh, we got some rough ones coming up next week. Oh, it's it's I'm covering an Australian case that is just a nightmare. You're covering one out of Houston that is also really, really hard. And uh you know, my next Patreon case is not for the week at harder stomach either. So oh, good. It's you know uh, I will be happy to tell you guys what Maris Monday is about. Then. Oh, you're really excited about this one. I'm really excited too. It's also to help me to remember this is what I'm excited about. I have it written down. For Thank you. Case. Please remind me again. I have memory issues. Uh, we're covering McKamey Manor. And this is the guy that says, we'll give you $25,000 or whatever if you can survive our haunted house. It ain't a haunted house. It's some weird torture porn. Yes, Nick pulls his bud to it. It's a scam. And it's fucked up. And we got to deep dive that shit. <laughs> I'm so pumped. Deep dive. So excited. Right up in there. I'm going to get right up in there. Mm. Like a colonoscopy. Uncomfortably so. Oh, yes. All right, y'all. We love you. Thank you for everything and for being amazing. And if all you can do to support this podcast is listen, we appreciate it. And we love you. Good night. Good night. on your social media platform of choice. Linktree slash cruelty has all of the links. Check out our Patreon for exclusive episodes, merch, 
ad-free episodes, live ghost hunts, and much more. Please be sure to subscribe. New episodes are uploaded weekly. Thank you so much. See you next time. Music and production by Willie B.